up, y'all? This is Osa, and you are now tuned into Verse TV. That's hashtag Verse TV. Comment, like, share, and don't forget to subscribe. Peace. What's up, guys? It's your boy Troy Weeks Music again. If you hear my voice, you know what that means. It's time for all the tea with Verse TV right here with the one-on-one, all-inclusive, exclusive with our boy Osa the Healer today, y'all. What's going on, world out there? What's up, Osa? Hey, peace, peace. What's up, Troy? How you doing? I'm happy to be here, man. I'm so glad y'all got me on here, and, and shout out to, to Aaron for inviting me on. This is I'm excited. Let's, let's get into it. Let's get into yes. it. Yes. So thank you for being here, first and foremost, again, for your time. I'm saying it like probably three, four times, but I'm very grateful because you could be doing any other thing. But right now, you chose to be here. So thank you for being here. So we'll get right to it. For those who may not know yet, where are you from? Yeah, man. You know, that's a hard question. I've been trying to figure that out my whole life. So uh, I, grew up, <laughs> I grew up. So I grew up in the. I grew up in the uh, DMV area. I grew up in Silver Spring, Maryland, which is right outside DC. I live in DC right now. Uh, I was born in Atlanta, Georgia, and my family's from Nigeria, West Africa. Wow. Yeah. Come on, so, come on, King. Talk about it. Yeah, I say. You know, I say I'm from. I say I'm from Nigeria, West Africa. That's where I'm like from. From that's where gotcha. you know my, my parents are from. My grandparents. My, uh, gotcha. You better say uh, that because they'll be after you. I'm just saying. Yeah, that's real. Yeah, that's not, important. Yeah. That's a very important part of yeah. your heritage. I'm black and Puerto yeah. Rican, and my Puerto Rican family hears me don't say that. They'll be after me. So I get. <laughs> I understand. Yep. Definitely. Awesome. So do you feel like has your origin influenced your path? You feel? Yeah, definitely. It, and my origin influences everything. And um, even though I was born and raised in, in, in America, I, I I spent the first five years of my life in Nigeria. So I think like that really had a significant impact on myself developmentally, like me and my brain and my head and my spirit and my whole aura. A lot of things I probably can't even explain yet. So yeah, it's definitely critical into uh, even how I think, even how I see people um, and, and, and the, to music, every every single thing. Mm-hmm. Come on now, talk about it. That's, a, that's very important, especially being from somewhere. Because I think in knowing where you're from and, and embracing that, it's the most important thing, understanding who you are as a person. I think so. Especially, yeah, you know, absolutely. when you're from, you know, a country like, you know, you know, come on, come on. So yeah. the origin of your name itself is super deep. Can you share that with us in our audience? Yeah, so my full name is Osaitin. Osaitin is, is like with the American accent, but Osaitin, that's my that's my given name, my born name. That means God is my strength. It's from the Edo tribe in Nigeria. Um, and so, uh, yeah, God, kind of God is my strength. And for me, my name is kind of what I use when I got nothing left. You know, when I got nothing left, I, I, I'm fed up. I'm through. I got a, that name. I'm telling you, man, has brought me through some really challenging times because, you know, when all is all else fails, I just I remember, yo, God is my strength. And it, and it pulls me through. I'm so thankful for my parents for blessing me with my name or whoever blessed them to bless me. Man, so I don't know. Whoever, whoever put all that on me, all that. Thank you. And, you know, I say thank you. <laughs> thank you. Oh, yeah. oh, man, you just. You know, activated something when you said that. You just took it somewhere else. I'm telling you, you have no idea. Um, when did you first start rhyming? And what made you, like, because, you know, that's not an easy thing to do, okay? No. First and foremost, to, to take words and make them be something and not only be something, you know, be something of power. You know what I'm saying? What, yeah. what made you decide to go deeper than the much typical, you know, rap music? Yeah, you know, it, I think it was like a whole process, right? Everything from... You know, my parents used to let me watch um, Louis Farrakhan's speeches when I was younger. Um, also, also, you know, when I was in school and there was assemblies, whatever the assembly was, I always admired how how good or not good 
that person was at being able to control the crowd. So fast forward, when I got to high school, um, that we had a, a unit on like writing poetry, right? And I kind of took it lightly. I don't know. It was like, yeah, I'm gonna just write some words that rhyme. And then, you know, my teacher was like, for, for extra credit, you can like, you can like say the poetry in front of class or recite it in front of class. And when I did that, it was like the first time I realized, I was like, dang, the whole class was listening to me. I could have said whatever I want. Thanks. And everyone, <laughs> everyone, everyone would have had to at least listen to me. So then I realized the power of that music. So I think around the time when I was like, like 14 is when I started, you know, writing, um, writing raps. Cause then that's, I was like, oh, okay, well, that's what I was listening to a lot of. So like started from like 14, I started writing, just writing, 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 writing there. Mm-hmm. Listen, it was there, it was it. It went from there and look, and look at me now, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, well I mean, I'm still trying to get to the look at me now part, but yeah, yeah. Listen, it's all part of the process. You know, you got to remember where yeah. you started to where you are now. You definitely ain't the guy you Absolutely. was when you was 14 writing those music. You know, now, you, right, right. you know what I'm saying? We, it's all part of the process, yeah. so don't forget Please. where you came from. You know, it keeps, yeah. you, it keeps you right here. Um, yeah. So what are some of your musical and, or, and life influences? Yeah. Um, my grandfather is the biggest influence on me, uh, just as, as a life influence. My maternal grandfather, yes. my, mom, my mom's dad, he, he just influenced a lot about how I think, how I feel. Um, crazy little thing. So there was this that, that, that my grandfather was a part of. So there, there was this music festival uh, that was held uh, in, I think it was like the late 80s. It was called Festac. It was the first one. Mm-hmm. It was huge. It was like a big, giant humongous festival for for Africans and African artists and my my grandfather happened to be on the board now mind you I didn't know this when I was a kid but I learned, <laughs> I learned knowledge right. yeah I learned it recently so I like to share this and one thing that 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 my grandfather made sure to do is that he said we can't have we can't have a festival in Africa and not invite some of our uh, brothers and sisters from the, the United States so this man made the Nigerian government charter a plane to fly to America and pick up some, I, I want to say, I, I don't want to name drop because I don't want to say the wrong names, but I mean, you look it up, that's that, like whoever was there from America, like it was, it, it was, it was intentional. So my grandfather had this spirit of like bridging the gap between um, Africans on both sides of, of the Atlantic, all sides of, all sides of the world, Pan-Africanism. So that was huge in me, even though um, I didn't know it, he put that mm-hmm. in me. Um, then there's then there's artists like Fela Kuti, um, who was like Nigerian. He was a Nigerian artist, one of the mm-hmm. legendary Nigerian artists who put a lot of consciousness, a lot of black thought into his music, and that influenced me. Um, and then you know, speaking of black thought, you know, hip hop uh, rappers, you know, like like Black Thought, um, the Tyler Quarles and Commons influenced me. Um, you know, the the Eminems and the Tech Nines and the, you know the, all, right. all around. You know, I just love hip hop. Right. Come on, it's in you. It's there. I feel yeah, you. Absolutely. I feel you. So during a recent live stream of yours, you wore a shirt saying, In my Ori, I trust. Mm-hmm. And at Verse TV, we first came across the word Ori with our good friend Storyteller. What does yeah, that shirt mean to you? Yeah, but Come Storyteller, story yeah. shout out. Yeah, Storyteller, <laughs> shout out Storyteller. He is my good, good friend. We're actually from the same state in Nigeria. So we, we like... Oh, y'all real like friends. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that until I got to college. We met in college. But, um, so, you know, I'm still learning what that word means. I'll be honest with you. It's, it's deep, right? It's deep. And, and, and the English language probably can't even capture the essence of that word truly. But when I'm, what I'm learning it to be is, um, ori is your consciousness. 
Um, and it's that it's that thing that kind of sits over your soul and kind of directs you and guides you, especially if you listen to it and, and trust it. You know, it's, it's like a mix of your intuition but and, and a lot of other things. So in my ori, I trust. And shout out to Aya Creations, um, the sister out of the Vibe Setter. She happens to be out of the Vibe Setter who makes these shirts. And um, in my ori, I trust is like, for me, a reminder to myself to trust in my intuition, to trust in my, my higher wisdom, especially at this point in my life where, I, where I've been ignoring. Got it. Awesome. I like that. Ooh, I'm loving it. I'm sorry. I'm loving it. Like, like ooh, it's juicy. Um, so this is a very important question. I'm a father, and you're a father. Mm. And so I love when fathers give advice about things, and this is very important. This is a very important subject because something that, you know, I had to deal with on a daily basis as well. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's Ooh. life. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So start. <laughs> yeah, we go. Here we about to open, open up. We about to open it up. Okay. Question is this. Can you speak to the importance of maintaining a positive and productive relationship with the mother of your child, even after the romance has ended, and tips on how to do so? Please. Man, yeah, that is tough. It is tough in a lot of cases, and I see um, a lot of us struggling. It's a two-part thing. It's a really two-part thing. I'm very fortunate. I'm, I, I can't even lie. I'm very fortunate in, in, in my situations because I have um, I have three different children. They got three different moms. So wow, I'm fortunate. interesting. Yeah. Talk about it. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. know yeah. I can speak about it. I'm, I'm fortunate, though. I, you know, I got to give kudos to their mothers for being intentional about, you know, having me at, in, in the child's life, right? That's key. Because if the mom didn't believe that I belong there or didn't want me there, you'd be talking to a whole different person right now. So the the the, the value of both parties um, is important. And so and then also to to maintaining the positive relationship, I think um, I guess from the male perspective, from the father's side, being uh, patient, patience is really really key. And a lot of us get really frustrated really early on because we're trying to force things or we're trying to feel validated because there's not a lot of validation for black fathers, period. All from the prenatal phase to after the baby is born, there's just, just not a lot of value. We're mistreated a lot of times by the mother of the child. We're mistreated by the, the people in the hospital, the doctors, the nurses, all they, they don't they don't care about us. And then, you know, the court system, right? So we get really frustrated and fathers be ready to kill for their children. I don't care what nobody says. Men care about their children. They be ready to kill. And, and you know, we had to be patient though. We got to understand and play the long game. And with one of my children, I feel like, you know, she, you know, my, like my daughter, she's just, she's, she's 12, right? And it took 12 years for us to really have the relationship that I want, that I thought. Now, I could have forced it or tried to force it years ago, but I'm, I'm really realizing the value of patience. Man, that patience is such a virtue. As a father, you have to, I feel like it's important to be steadfast and continuously believe in yourself, even when everything around you tells you that you're not valuable and that you don't matter. So that's one way. There's, 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 you know, a whole lot of other ways. I think mothers have a whole lot of power. I think women have a lot more power than they've been made to believe, especially mothers. You know, mothers can do a lot. I mean, if you got a deadbeat dad, look, I'm sorry. There's just ain't nothing you could do. 
but there's a lot more dads who are in situations where they want to be more present and they want to be more helpful. Um, however, there, there's a lot of roadblocks, serious, serious roadblocks. And so when we have uh, mothers who are also maybe more patient and more understanding, I think that's, that's what's helpful. Because in my situation, my children's mothers were really patient with me, especially my oldest child. Because when I first had a kid, I was 21. You know what I'm saying? I didn't have nothing. I was I was broke. I was still in, in college. I didn't really have a whole lot. But even when I did the littlest things, she would say thank you. And I'm telling you, that went a whole lot further than maybe she can even imagine. And so when she said thank you for something that most mothers wouldn't say thank you for, most mothers that I know anyway, wouldn't say thank you for, it pushed me. It pushed me to do even more and more <clears throat> because the little that I did was appreciated. So um, you know, patience, I, I think, on both sides is, is very, very key to having a positive relationship. My brother, you don't even know what you just did to my life. Mm. Mm. I had to catch my breath. That's what I was like, you just kept talking. It was perfect. Um, I just had to process what you said. You spoke to my life and then my life. And I'm going to tell you why. I've been dealing with the process of being distant from my daughter now for um, over a year now, but I still go back and forth and see her. And I just spent time with her. Um, but the process of having patience mm. and being able to understand and know that even if I don't feel appreciated, that I am, like you said. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah. I've lost weight. I've lost a lot. I was very depressed because I didn't feel appreciated with little. Um, yep. I think the biggest thing with me, my first father's day, I'll never forget it. It just was the, one of my worst. But my first one was like the worst one ever. And I'm mm. like, I will never forget that. And every father's day comes around, I'm like, oh, I get that feeling like, uh, it's coming around again, but you know what you said is most important. And, and my daughter's only three, and it will take twelve years to get to that point of where the relationship I want to have with my daughter and my daughter's mom, then I'll wait to twelve years because I ultimately want to have that. And so patience is key, like you said. I just want it to be happy now. Why can't it happen now? And that's been my thing. Like, just just do it. Why are you fighting me? Let's just do it. Let's just be like. But it's not my process to to deal with as well. It has to take its time and its course. And I have to understand that I need patience. So. Mm. Thank you. Um, it definitely helped me to understand that um, and have more patience. And if it takes 12 years, then I guess I got to wait for 12 years. But knowing that now that patience is the most important key to this is what I'm doing. They have a different patience with me. She has a different patience with me, and it's, it's great. So I'm going to work on patience on my end. So thank you for that. Um, and my yeah. mother dad's many to hear that. So, um, yeah, shout out to you in that. So we're going to keep things moving. This is also something that's another thing that's going to, you know, you know, be important. So Aaron first met you at the Fest Africa after your performance with the super dope DC-based mixed art creative collective, The Sanctuaries. Right. After a performance, after performance with your group, you explained that The Sanctuaries welcome any and everyone as they are. This really resonated with Aaron because he was really dealing with a lack of self-acceptance at that time in his life. And it was so comforting to hear of the welcoming of the group. Will this, two things. So will there ever be another one? And if also, if there is, will you partake in another one such group and um, perhaps extend it to other cities? Yeah, that's a very good question. First of all, shout out, yeah, Aaron, yeah, I forgot that that's how we, we even met. And I appreciate that reminder. Yeah, that, and and that was, that was an interesting journey. Uh, to do it again, I don't know. What we did was, was really, 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 really unique, um, and and other people wanted to do it. I think what we what we struggled with was the sustainability of it, right? As 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 a as a business, the smaller, the the things that got me involved, the things that got like uh, Aaron involved, which were earlier on, was was just this idea of building community 
um, amongst people that are different races, different religions, and different backgrounds and orientations. I think that was the that was the simple premise. Like when I first got there, that's what drew me in. That's what drew you know uh, brothers like Aaron in. But we kind of were growing. Once it started getting into like social justice and like issues and, and things like that, it became a little bit more different to uh, difficult to, to kind of maintain and manage. And then, you know, you got to find a direction and make mission statements and mm -hmm. you're trying to be a 501c3. Yeah, that's a lot that goes into it. Yeah, you know, so I think that's where it became a struggle. Um, if there was something more organic, just solely based on people coming together without their issues, because I'm a black man, most of these people who are not like me, y'all don't want my issues. Right, y'all don't, y'all people. Honestly, I was just keeping it a thousand. You just, we don't. Let's not do that. Let's not come together based on our differences and our issues. Let's find ways where we're similar. You know what I'm saying? And let's find ways where, where we can connect. If there's something <clears> like, <throat> I would definitely, definitely be down to do that. You know, anywhere on earth. Anywhere but, on earth. Well, I'm kind of jealous that I missed the first one. Um, so I'm always down to be a part of the second one um, because that's what I do: host events and make things move and happen. So I will speak to, to the existence of this and say that if you want to do it again, it's, there's there's resources, there's people, and there's things out there to make it happen, and it won't be as hard as you think it is. All it takes is the, the few right people together to get it going. Um, but there are people nowadays in this day and age, in this time, that have experienced things that have been out of this world who are willing and yeah. able and ready to experience something like this. I haven't experienced it, but from the way y'all talking about it, I want to experience you know? So I'm sure there's people yeah. out there that want to experience it. And so Absolutely. trust me, there's things, there's people in places now you know, especially since the move and shift of Corona, there's the things that can in place that can happen if you want to make it happen, especially once things start to open up. So just put the seed out there, you know, speak things that are not as though they are. I, I call it S-double-I-E with a little fist like this. Speak things that are not as though they are, you know what I'm saying? We, we got the power in our work to make things happen and move the way we wanted to. So just speak that thing. Um, so, um, yes, you know, and the next thing is this. So you compare the game of Monopoly to real life and the need to give up and remain persistent. How has this analogy helped you in your life? Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, because you're never, you know, when thinking about Monopoly, it's like you're never out of the game, right? If, as long as you still got the dice in your hand, and even if you only got $100 left, you're on the board. You got, if any, when you get the dice in your hand, you can roll the dice. And every time you roll the dice, you have to believe that, even if you don't believe that you're going to win, you're not going to win. If you're on the last place on the board, thinking that you're going to win is not really going to be, it's not going to be good for your psychology but can you make small gains? And so as long as I'm alive, as long as I wake up today, I can make a small gain. And a small gain is essentially a win. And so I think that, you know, sometimes pull back, right? When you're, you know, if you're in debt, let's say financially, we were talking about monopoly, like if you're, if you're $10,000 in debt, I mean, if you look at that whole $10,000, you're gonna be like, man, I'm never gonna be able to pay that back. And then it's gonna really set you down into a depressed state, but it's kind of like, if you think about, oh, I got an extra $100 this month, let me knock that out. Let me knock out, you know, $50 here. Let me knock out, you know, $200 there. Then over time, you're going to be able to conquer that goal. So what I was speaking to that is kind of breaking things down into small chunks. And uh, I think that's, for, for me, that, that's a healthier mind state to be in. Because winning anything is, is ultimately boils down to your mind state and not necessarily what you have or what you don't have. Right. Ooh, that was so deep, brother. Impactful. I thought Jim. Thank you for dropping on Jim with us. Really? I mean, that was definitely dope. Yeah. yeah. So, what has been the most troubling part of your journey this far? Oh man, the most. 
I don't know what the most is because they it's like they never end. Um, <laughs> you know, um, I think trying to, you know, do. I think the most troubling part is just feeling responsible for everything. That's what that I would say that like feeling like responsible for a whole lot of things. Like I feel responsible for myself. I have three children. I feel responsible for my children. I feel responsible for <clears throat> you know, my sister, my parents. I feel responsible for my community. I feel responsible for society. You know, that, that weight, you know, it's a real weight. And I think that that's probably um, the biggest challenge that I have. And, and, and I think that sits on me heavy and something that, that I'm always trying to work to, to mm. kind of smooth over. Gotcha. Awesome. And so in that, that slip it, what's been the most rewarding? All of the same things. <laughs> um, being able to, 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 to be there, right? Being able to be present uh, for myself, being able to be present in my children's lives. Like that is the most rewarding thing. Like it's a headache. It has been a head, the source of a lot of pain, but it's also been the source of a lot of joy. Um, also, you know, being able to be involved in, in different types of communities, like we mentioned the sanctuaries, it was a struggle for me because I had to break out of a lot of my, my conditioning, right? But it was one of the most rewarding experiences. So, you know, I see the duality of, of, of a lot of things and I preclose in a lot of times there's even triplicity, but the duality of a lot of things that even the things that, you know, I, I struggle with, they also bring me the same and uh, in, in equal amount of joy. Gotcha. Gotcha. Awesome. Cool, cool, cool. And so um, maybe two more quick questions to wrap up this part of the interview. We'll get right into our quick, you know, versity questions we ask everybody that comes to the door. So um, what's the main thing that you want our audience to learn most about you also today? Um, I would say that uh, I'm not here to heal anybody. I'm only here to heal my damn self. <laughs> and everybody should, you know, everybody is on their own collective journey. So whatever way we can walk, walk together, I'm there to walk with you. Gotcha. That's what I'm talking about, baby. And last but not least, what is next for Osadilla? Talk to us. What's next for you? Oh, yeah. So right now, you know, so I think overall my big goal is like, I, you know, I do a lot of rapping. But overall, I think the, the biggest thing that I really am good at is writing. So I'm challenging myself to write a book. Um, the book is called Feed Me, Fuck Me, Friend Me. It's the three Fs. I'm going to call it three Fs. Um, and it's a journey. I love about, it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a journey about a man who goes through um, uh, a, a relationship, a bad relationship. He ends it and he decides to, to put himself in counseling. And then as he's in counseling, uh, he unfolds the three Fs, you know, feed me, fuck me, friend me about what that means to him and how that's going to help him move forward in a relationship. So I think it's really important um, where we, you know, uh, I'm going to be, I'm going to try and address, you know, mental health um, and, and relationships, um, which are all are really, really important as we move forward and really defining those things in relationships. So I'm going to try to write, you know, writing a book ain't like writing no raps, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> you know what? I got another challenge for you in that. That's going to help you with it. Because um, okay. of course, I'm an artist myself and write music and all that good stuff. Um, I talked about this on a show recently with a couple of the guys. It's the first time we had all men on, on the show, like we had earlier on the Homo's yeah. Talk Show. And I was, God gave me a vision to write a book. The three C's that make a baker relationship is commitment, communication, and compromise. And it's Ooh. been in my head for years, right? Yeah. And so I'm like, one of the guys was like, yo, write this book. You need to start, start playing, right? And so I yeah. sat down and wrote a whole outline. But I wrote that outline, that was maybe like a month and a half ago, and I spent it. <clears throat> so I want to start, you know, putting my ideas together and making this happen. So maybe we can challenge each other. Maybe we can challenge each other, you know what I'm saying, to 
keep this journey going. You can challenge yourself to write, keep it, and get the book going. Maybe you can challenge me. Yeah. Keep writing. Or we can be a I mean, need that. Let's do that. I need that. Yeah, because I'm moving along, but I have my. I'm like, yeah, it, it gets. Yeah, it gets I'm doing it myself too. So I think yeah. the accountability of each other going through the same journey. Oh my. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. What I'm no, for real, great, for I'm real, really yeah. in the beginning stages of it all, and so are you. So I think like it could be great accountability. We got it right here. We said it right here. It's recorded. So you know what I'm saying? Recorded. So we can, yeah. you know, we'll talk about it offset at some point. But yes, let's talk about that. So um, now that we got that, you know, you know, and if that on a good note, let's get right to our. Hashtag verse TV questions. Um, yeah. So the first question is this. If you had all the money or power necessary, what would you do or change that you feel would be most beneficial for the LGBT plus, um, LGBTQ plus community? So. Yeah, okay. I I, I think I, I, I watched another episode and I really liked the, the answer, so I'm kind of going to steal it. Where um, <laughs> I think it would be really because I don't know, right? I, I, I really don't know, and anything I would say would just be foolish. Uh, but I think that yeah, it would be really important to like sit down with leaders and sit down with people in in the LGBTQ community, and you know, kind of yeah, give them the money and you know, with the plan. What you need to do with this money? Take this money and make it happen. Right. What's the plan? Yeah, right. yeah. With, with the plan and kind of uh, fund, fund these ideas that, that would make the, uh, the the better societies that... Uh, I think that's uh, a dope answer, though. When you don't know, when you don't have that background and you don't know what the background is, those are the people who who, who have that background and who are the, already you know, doing the work. The top end, right. So, yeah, that's yeah. super dope. That's a, that's a dope answer. There's no, there's no right or wrong answer, so your answer is pretty dope. Um, so question two is this. It starts with the quote, and then, it, then, I'm, then I'll ask you the question. So the quote is this. Ask me not where I live or what I like to eat or how I comb my hair, but ask me, what am I living for? In detail, ask me what I think is keeping me from living fully for the thing I want to live for. And that's a quote by Thomas Morton. And so the question is this, what is your goal in life? And part B, that is what is slowing you down from achieving that goal? Yes. So that's a very good question. I think that my, my goal in life, if I, if there's a, if like the main goal is to really find and align myself with my purpose, right? And in order, the challenge to doing that is that uh, I think for me is really, really, really being in touch with my spiritual self and getting in touch with my spiritual self and, and practicing the daily discipline it's going to take me for, be, for me to be this person that I know that is inside of me. And I think that that's, that's, the, that's the struggle. Gotcha. And the amazing thing about that is, is that I do something called um, finding your purpose. It's like a little seminar workshop, but you know, it's it's helping people have the basic understanding of where to start. It's just that we all have purpose in life, right? We're all here for a reason. We all have purpose. We all created with purpose. And so, knowing what your purpose is is the first step to even understanding, you know, right. where it all we go, what direction you're going, where it begins. So, you connected with the right team here at Vice TV. Trust me, we got your back. <laughs> yeah. We got your back. We'll help you figure that yeah. out. Um, and because on that journey to who you are and to being as great as you, you know, that, that greatness journey that you're going to be, man, you, you meet people along the way. And, and, and it's, again, yeah. like we said earlier on the other show, it's about knowledge and sharing that knowledge with each other. So let's just be knowledge worthy and sharing that with each other. And let's make change in the world, baby. Just Absolutely. like that. Um, cool. So number three, people get tricky because, you know, some people be, you know, they, they be like, oh, you know, shy about it because I mean, it ain't got to be too crazy. But the question is this. What is your deepest tea? i.e. something that you've never shared on social media before, but something that you are willing to share with us. Oh, um, oh, you know what? I don't say this a whole lot. So, all right, so I got on this Batman shirt, right? 
And the reason why I think Batman is dope is because, well, one, because he doesn't have any superheroes and he can still bang with the superheroes. All right. <laughs> that's, that's empowerment for, for you. Who feel, those of you out there who feel like you ain't got no powers, it doesn't matter. You are, you are great. You are a human being. You can do anything. All right, that's one. But two, the other thing um, that I don't really say is that, like, I really respect Batman because he uses his white privilege, all of his white privilege, to go and fight crime in the hood. And I think that that's, that's really, you know, to me personally, privilege isn't really um, thought about it a bad thing. It's not really a bad thing. It's really like, it's like, all right, what are you going to do with it? You know, and so instead of crying about it, like, oh, my God, I, I've got white privilege. And, you know, it's like, yo, all right, what, what you going to do with it? So um, I think that, 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 you know, Batman sends an empowering message in, in multiple senses. And that's why. That was a good one. Well, you just opened up enlightened a lot of us. We didn't really pay attention to it that way. So shout out to you for giving us, you know, you say you're healing that's yourself. But that's, some, that's healing for somebody. That was a yeah. word. You know what I'm saying? Good. You might have to take a collection online and give you something because that was yeah, a word. Yeah, please. <laughs> Uh, drop my and, cat and then we stop. Right, come on now. <laughs> um, number four, I love it. Number four is, is this. So what stumbling blocks have you encountered on your journey and your work, and, and how did you overcome them? Yeah. Um, many, 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 many stumbling blocks. I think, uh, and they, they're still there. They're still, I, don't, I don't know if I'll fully overcome them. But mostly it's just myself, honestly. Uh, it is really mostly just myself. I've gotten in the way of myself so much. I put block blockages in my way, kind of going back to what we talked about earlier, not listening to my ori, not listening to my higher self. Mm -hmm. I think that's been the biggest stumbling block along the way. And I, uh, over, particularly over the past couple of years, I've really been more intentional about getting myself out of the way. And, and I think that that's probably um, the, the biggest hindrance that I have. And I'm so, so glad to be actually making steps to, towards getting out of my own way. Come on now, talk about it now. I got something for you. And those yeah. are the people out there that are just like you, who might be just, the thing is this, the only person stopping you is you. And that's in anywhere in life. You know what I'm saying? It's not mama, not cat, not the kids, not the dog, right. it's you. You know, <laughs> right. we can get to understand and realize that, like, that it's the only person stopping us is us. We can begin to make change in our life, right? Yeah. And it only takes, 21 days to break a habit, right? Mm. So I'm challenging you and anyone else listening to this, it's really simple, to break that one thing that, that the battle is you stopping yourself. The thing is this, I can do it and you can't stop me. And I said, mm. write it down on a post-it note and stick it somewhere that you do every day. If you wake up and go to your orange juice every day, that's what you do, stick it by the refrigerator. If you go brush your teeth because you got nice pearly whites and you want to keep them like that, stick it by the, uh, um, by the, on the bathroom. But I yeah. can do it, you can't stop me. I'm telling you, 21 days of telling yourself that and, and getting to know it, but 22nd day, you're going to already believe in and know that, and that's not going to be a hindrance no more. Right. You so, like you know, that. let's... Yeah, don't worry. It is recorded. You can go back. Go ahead. Recorded. Yeah. yeah, it's recorded, but you can write it down. I'm telling you, I can do it, you can't stop me. It's going to be your biggest power in the next 21 days. Because by that 22nd mm -hmm. day, you won't be stopping yourself no more because you'll begin to get that into your head because repetition and, 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 you know, Consistency is going to help you to break that thing. We can break cycles. Twenty-one yeah. days. I learned that at church yeah. a long time ago. And um, yeah. so that ends us. That brings us to our last question, which is dope. Um, ideally, what do you want to be the legacy for your work? Mm. Mm. So, um, I, I, you know, I'm still figuring that out. I think, but I think one of the things that um, I, I really want to leave behind is 
this I this this idea of bringing people together. I don't know what people. I don't know who these people are just exactly, but. I really want to. I really want to leave a legacy behind of connecting us together. Kind of, I think you said this earlier in the show. You know, like, you know, we all come from one source, and so I want to be known for bringing people to that connectedness, bringing people to towards these ideas, and you know, as I usher myself along the way. Woo! Ah. And ending this, I want you to. I want you to understand and know this. Your name is Osa the Healer, right? And too much mm-hmm. is given, much is required. All I'm going to say, brother, is get ready. Because it's coming. Yeah. It's coming. Yeah. You already know. You've already seen and felt it pretty much. <laughs> so you know it's coming. You just don't know what. Like you said, as long as you continue to find it on that journey to finding your purpose and knowing what that purpose is, is all going to come leading to you. But it's yes, starting with knowing your purpose. Because when you don't know your purpose in life, you walk around like a zombie. Because right. you're trying to figure it out. Well, what's this? You know, or maybe that's it, or maybe this is it. No. Standing on two feet and knowing it. And that's why we're here. We're going to challenge each other. We're going to help each other out. But, um, yeah. yeah, you're going to definitely say everything Everything you said you're going to do, you're going to do it. Um, tell the people your name. I oh, appreciate you. Again, we appreciate you for being here, um, giving us your time. And, again, it was a dope interview. Thank you for the gems you dropped with us again. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Osa the Healer. Again, tell them where to find you. And if you got anything else you're working on that they need to know about, again, let them know. I know you already said that earlier, but if something you missed, yeah. let them Absolutely. So, yeah, once again, Osa the Healer, O-S-A the Healer. You can find me on Instagram with that name. Also, too, you can go on my website, osathehealer.com slash shop. Get you a Give Me My Six Feet t-shirt. You know, let people know that you're practicing social distancing and, you know, somebody up on you and you in line and you hear somebody coughing on your back, you want to get you a shirt. Osathehealer.com slash shop. Um, You know, support it. Also, you know, I'm uh, giving some proceeds to Doctors Without Borders and Child Health. Um, just two organizations. I generally support like grassroots organizations, but you know there's there's bigger things, bigger things going on in the world. There's like doctors who are actually on the ground responding mm-hmm. to COVID. There's right. actually because of COVID and people staying inside the house. There's a lot of children who are stuck in houses with abusers. So I you know I thought I would give some proceeds from from sales of this shirt uh, to to those organizations. So if you want to support, go to osathehealer.com/shop. Get a give me my six feet. I and for you just want to let people know to back up off you too. Yo, that's amazing. And you want to know something? I'm sorry, we're ending this out real good. I have a little song I just put on SoundCloud a couple months ago, and it's called Six Feet. And it's literally talking about that. It was way too funny. I'm going to send it to you, and you're going to die. I need to get you yeah, these t-shirts yeah. and make a little video, make a little art, a video. It's literally, I was being funny, but it was off of a video like uh, of this app similar to TikTok. Um, voicey, and it was this. Okay, it's just yeah. six feet. It's literally talking about that. I'm in the supermarket trying to get Too Faced, and you're in my space. Give me my six feet. Um, and it's very catchy. I'm gonna send it to you. Yeah. Very catchy. And I feel like yeah. I feel like you know I'm gonna buy, I'm gonna pro, I'm gonna get one of these t-shirts because I want to donate to the proceeds. You know I want to make sure you know yeah. and bring more awareness to it with my song. I ain't getting no money from the song. I just put it out there. You know what I'm saying? But I want to yeah. be able to put my shirts. Put the shirt on, play the song, and you know, video it. Just because I feel Absolutely. like now we got a cause for the video. I have no no video for it. No, so I think it's perfect. So I'm gonna do that, and I'll send you the video um, so you can check it. out. I mean the song. So thank you guys so much again. This was Verse TV. All the team of Verse TV. You can find us um, on YouTube, iHeartRadio. Like, comment, subscribe. Um, also told you where that. I'm at Troy Weeks Music on everything. You know to find us at Verse TV on everything. I thank you guys so much. We appreciate you guys, and we'll see you guys next week again. He's here all week long. Check us out. Peace, peace.